Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Paul Reed Smith and the Maryland Hall team are offering a live virtual four-day music camp from August 10th to 13th, 2020. Open to musicians and enthusiasts of all ages. Be ready for a fun experience of learning music with the greats, all from the comfort of your own home. The school's teachers are top professional musicians to include renowned guitar maker Paul Reed Smith, legendary drummer Dennis Chambers, YouTube guitar teaching experts Tim Pierce and Tyler Larson, along with session directors Gary and Greg Granger, known worldwide as the Granger Brothers, as well as some of Maryland's best. Tuition is $100 per person for all four days of all masterclasses and will be live streamed from Maryland Hall in Annapolis, Maryland between 11 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. each day of the event. This is a live event, live streamed to anyone with a phone, tablet or computer, so you have the opportunity to ask questions via the web chat to the teachers. Registrants also have a chance to win a brand new PRS guitar each and every day of the event. On top of that, the entire event will be available once the camp is concluded in a condensed format to those who have registered, so you won't miss out if you're unavailable for part of the schedule or have to take a break. Visit MarylandHallMusicSchool.com or follow links in the description of this podcast. And welcome to the Friday Special, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. In this series, in each episode, I'll have a new guest from the world of guitars, amplification and effects pedals. We'll have brands, producers, musicians and everything in between. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by my co-host, Matt Knight. Good evening. And our special guest, YouTube sensation and all-around wonderful chap, Tyler Larson of Music Is Win... Hello, Tyler, and welcome to the show. You say good evening, I say good afternoon. Well, it is afternoon for you, and it is evening for us, that is true. It's good evening yes. somewhere. In yes. evening, morning, whatever time it is, I'm glad to be here. It's wonderful. Two in the afternoon for you, eight for us, which means I am halfway through a, a, a 12-year-old bottle of Shavaz Regal, so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and for listeners, uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Tyler and his brand, Music is Win, Tyler runs an incredibly successful YouTube channel and online uh, guitar 
tuition course. His YouTube alone has amassed over a million subscribers, where he offers free lessons in technique, hints and tips, demos, reviews, but also has a whole bunch of other stuff. And in fact, Tyler used to put out a video every single day on YouTube. So the level of content he produces is outstanding. Um, you've you've allowed yourself to calm down a little bit now, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a time in my life, and that time is over. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of discovering my my voice, if you will, and uh, look back at some of those videos and like, mm, but I don't regret any of them because they led me to uh, this this place with, well, on this course. podcast with you. No, exactly. Matt. This is the culmination of everything you've worked towards is right here at this moment. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, go on, Matt. I was going to say, uh, just in, in preparation for this podcast, I uh, was on your channel saying to Joe, and I was like, I wonder what Tyler's most popular videos are. And the most popular video <laughs> on the channel has me and you in the thumbnail. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was going to say, you are, you are like an extremely important part of my channel, Matt, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> Matt is the, the most... face of Music Is Win. Exactly, he is. He's probably the first thing a lot of people see when they uh, <laughs> when they are checking out YouTube and see my stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's quite glorious. I'm, I'm very think, happy um, that's true. I think... Um... My recently, my parents bought a new flashy TV after years of hounding them, and I and I, they got one with YouTube built in. So I told my dad how to use it, and he sent me a picture about two months ago, being like, "I'm on YouTube, and I can I found a picture of you, <laughs> <laughs> and it was that video." Yeah, was like, yes, that was. Uh, you know, sometimes, and I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar when you're when you're creating a piece of content and. Specifically for YouTube, and you come up with the title or the thumbnail, and you're just like, "Oh, oh yeah, this is this is gonna hit." <laughs> and uh, when I when I saw us standing there together, Matt, that that was just the feeling that anybody who hasn't seen it, the four guitar players who haven't seen this video yet in the world, <laughs> uh, it's called "Playing the Forbidden Riff in a Huge Guitar Store," and that guitar store is actually Summer Nam last year. Yeah, and it's actually the like the first video I made when I moved here, so it was a very good omen. Oh, there you yeah. go. 15 million views that video's had. That's pretty much all the guitarists. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it must have been it must have been exhausting like doing a, a video a day anyway. So I bet you you know you're very glad to be through that. And I, I guess that must have, you know, when you, when you talk about finding your voice, that must have meant that must have meant that you, you know, and as you say you produced some videos that you were like, "Oh, but you know, <laughs> I guess how do you manage like a quality bar when you've got to make a video every twenty four hours? Plus the yeah. editing time involved in that. Your entire life must have, you know. I don't know how you found time to, you know. As we'll move on to, I guess now I don't know how you found the time to run like musiciswin.com and develop the the guitar super system um, right. as it, well. It, it wasn't so. One thing that I'll kind of peel back the curtain. I didn't film a video and edit a video every day. I built up to having a queue, if if it makes sense. Like I would have seven to ten videos ready to go. So if I got sick or I had to take a break or something, I had that lineup ready to pull from. But I would try and film and edit as much as possible to keep that yeah, stash of, of videos ready to go. But that was sort of the strategy behind it. And eventually I... You know, I would experiment with only posting certain times, but a lot of it was like this weird mentality where 
you're like, oh, if I'm not posting something or engaging with some social media, then I'm not working. And, you know, it's like this disease uh, yeah. that, that I think we can all relate to. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I understand that completely. And, and you know, your your videos, for any listeners who haven't checked them out, as I mentioned earlier, the videos are kind of, you make like funny skits and stuff like that. You, you're very good at like satirical content, like, like poking fun at the guitar community and the sort of the ridiculousness of it but you also you know you 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 will also do reviews and demos and there's a a massive amount of like free lessons that you also include and and really interesting unique lessons that you include on your youtube alongside running your own actual uh sort of paid courses as well and i guess it's it's like a subscription system is the paid thing so it's sort of like netflix for guitar players now i used to sell courses and now it's all in one yeah uh so but yeah i mean i just make stuff that i want to watch and that's sort of the lens that i look through when i'm coming up with things whether that involves gear features or looking at legendary songs or guitar players or just something that's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Well, one of the things you did recently was was to take apart Steve Vai's... Well, I don't know how recent it was now, actually. Probably a little while ago. Take a, apart Steve Vai's new uh, technique. Joint shifting. Yeah. yeah. That was... Uh, my hand still hurts. It was uh, <laughs> it was a weird, a weird thing. Like I haven't had the feeling of hearing something and getting excited to pick up my guitar, probably since I was fifteen. And when I heard that, that reinvigorated that feeling. And yeah. you know, I like like I heard Eddie Van Halen tapping, and I was like, I gotta try that. And I hadn't had that feeling again since until uh, until seeing that song candle power by steve Vai. yeah and i think um it it was kind of amazing to see him out of like his comfort zone in some ways you know he'd sort of like put some challenges around that and it was you know i'm a massive steve Vai fan because you know i i sort of you know with all with everyone when you get to learn to play guitar you kind of discover steve Vai. but i'm a massive frank zappa fan um and all of the stuff that he did on that and it was kind of cool to see him still doing something different just like the first time you hear passion and warfare and you're like what is this unbelievable guitar playing yeah, yeah. Have, have you ever tried to read uh the black page matt no i uh Wait, what I is the black a, page if you have to ask you'll never know <laughs> oh, God. It, it was a <laughs> it was a piece of music written by frank zappa that is basically it it's you know cheap traditional sheet music but it's uh it, it's just so complex that it basically just looks like a a black page because there's so many notes and it was it. it was written for like drums and melodic percussion so it's and then, and then it's been like rearranged and has all this all these different iterations of it and new age versions etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh yeah it's unbelievable I uh, I cannot read music at all. <laughs> I don't think anyone could read that. I think that was the point of it. But I guess um, we we should probably talk a bit about because this is one thing I, I've kind of you know I'm keen to know because obviously before the YouTube thing, obviously you went to Berkeley, right? Is yep. that where you went? Yeah. So, what was your sort of guitar journey before 
the whole YouTube thing? Uh, well, at Berkeley, it was fun because I my concentration was performance. So I basically had to, it was all things guitar. So I played in different uh, labs. They called them labs. So you would go into different labs. Like there was an effects pedals lab. That where sounds like a... uh, it would be right up your alley <laughs> and you the there was a guitar pedal board in the middle of the room and it was the size of like imagine the biggest working functional pedal board you've seen like on a stage and there was like four of those in the middle <laughs> of the room and uh this was really kind of before i was a gearhead so i kind of regret not taking more advantage of that class but that was where I learned to practice using delay, like dotted eighth note delay, to keep myself in time when not, when you don't have a metronome or something like right. that. Um, that's where I learned that trick. And then there was just a whole host of other awesome, just experimentation. So that was probably like the height of the, the fun that I had. Um, but then there were also classes like traditional harmony and counterpoint that examined classical composition and restricted you in certain ways when you had to compose music or else you would get a bad grade if you wrote like parallel fourth intervals um (laughs) (laughs) so it it ran the the whole gamut of uh of music but it definitely shaped my my guitar playing i think for the better i think i could say that you know yeah i'm sure no doubt like that sort of level of study and is that where the super system came then was that when you decided to write your own course after sort of doing that or did that sort of come Uh, much later so guitar super system is based on the berkeley curriculum loosely like i use that as the framework but obviously i have the cool thing about education is you can especially in music is you can kind of be subjective in the way that you deliver the information. So uh, the framework, which is sort of undeniable, includes basic harmony and ear training and things of that nature, like the modes and all the things that you should learn. But then the way you learn them in in which order you earn the, learn them, I think is what makes the teacher great. Uh, and I had a lot of teachers, so I was able to kind of learn how to teach, if that makes sense. Uh, not on purpose, but uh, to answer your question, I, I came up with Guitar Super System when I was working in a golf pro shop, hating nice. my life. And I was like, what? Th- I was like, this can't be it. This can't be all there is. <laughs> and uh, nothing, there's, you know, not knocking anyone who works in a golf pro shop, but like at that stage of my life i had played in a band and it we d- it didn't work out had to get a day job and uh i was like i know there's something that i can do <laughs> i must try and i must try and teach teach the the guitar that's my that's like the logical next step if you can't do teach right so yeah. <laughs> um that's it. i uh I, I i took that route and eventually designed the first iteration of guitar super system and uh that's honestly what led me to social media because wow i had to i i killed myself filming and and creating this course and then i was like all right now everybody buy it and (laughs) nobody knew who i was lo and behold so i had to find out how to use social media to to reach people 
I didn't realise it had happened in that um, order. To be honest, I, you know, I, I, a lot of YouTubers, it kind of happens the other way round. You know, they start being in the guitar world. Certainly, they start being sort of successful for doing whatever with a guitar on YouTube, and then introduce their own teaching courses um, uh, afterwards. Uh, I, I didn't realise for you that it come, you know, the opposite way round. Yeah, I, I, I was totally fueled by making a career like a, a business. I didn't know YouTube would be an option to, to have a career. Well, I don't think course. it even was at, at the point uh, when I started. Well, I guess how, how many um, years ago was, was your, how, how old is your YouTube channel? Well, I think I posted my first video in January 2016. Right. So by that point, I think YouTube was a sustainable income for, for creators, but I didn't consider it to be like I'd never used it that way. I only used it as a marketing vessel for uh, my guitar platform. But uh, I'm glad it kind of evolved the way it did because now it's like a, you know, a double edged sword with with YouTube and the private instruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, yeah, I bet. you haven't really been on YouTube as some as some of your sort of other counterparts. With similar similar subscribers, I know some people have been on there sort of ten years plus. So I guess yeah, I, I had no idea. January twenty sixteen doesn't seem like that long ago. Um, yeah, mean, it's, it, it is. It's not. It definitely in the grand scheme, it's not very long, but it feels long when you're uploading a video a day. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Yeah, yeah but of I course. Mean, you, Go on, man. Sorry, Joe. I was going to no, say no. You, you, you've you. sort of hit a million subs pretty pretty quick. I mean, I, I'm sure I remember when I when I sort of first stumbled on your channel, maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand. A million seems to have uh, escalated out of uh, out of yeah. thin air almost. Yeah. It's sort of suddenly happened. It is relatively recent, but I I mean I think it it sort of goes in uh, ebbs and flows. You know, you make a crazy popular video and. There's a huge, I don't know what is what is the good one, an ebb or a flow? Oh, that's <laughs> uh, an interesting question. I've I, had ebbs for good videos, and I've had flows for bad videos, or or sustained <laughs> sustained uh, sustained periods of of mediocrity has right. been flowing, and then every now and then there's an ebb. So yeah, I guess nice. those ebbs just get bigger and bigger as you accumulate more viewership. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but of course, this uh, this month, um, uh, you you know, thanks to all of this, you actually you you're you get to be involved in this big PRS live streaming guitar workshop. We should talk a bit about that because that's actually going to be something that you're going to, I suppose, the first time you're leaving the house in a in a in a while, or you know, this, certainly the first time you're traveling in a while, and you're going to be part of this big virtual um, guitar event, right? It's pretty exciting. I I'm just excited to be around musicians, and I don't know about you guys. Like, just like Matt said before we started recording, they're not being a Nam show. I didn't realize because we're we're really good at complaining about Nam, but when you take it away, you're like, oh, there's a hole in me. So <laughs> I'm just like, I was really disappointed, and and so this is you know some slight reprieve. I'm gonna be hanging out with. Tim Pierce and Dennis Chambers and Paul Reed Smith and the Granger brothers and Brian Ewald and all these really awesome people who are amazing at what they do. And it's a four day online experience and people can 
stream the the content live we're going to be one after the other giving clinics just like you would at a summer camp in person but uh everybody's going to be in their homes across the world well and, that's the really yeah. cool thing the fact that that's going to be available worldwide you know because it's live stream rather than just in sort of the area that the you know the event is taking place um, and you don't just have to watch it live, right? You can also you can dip in and out and watch it later as long as you uh, you, you paid for admission. Exactly. Yeah, you can register as long as you register, you can see all of it uh, whenever it's convenient for you. So that was uh, a pretty critical piece, I think, to to make it worth people's uh, hundred bucks. To it's basically, I think Paul said it comes out to five dollars an hour if you if right. you average it out over four days. So that's a pretty good pretty good deal when guitar lessons in person are like 50 bucks an hour i think yeah <laughs> but um, yeah and you get some great teachers you know like you as well which is pretty cool yeah and you can like chat and uh and there's q a and they're giving guitars away every day and um yeah i'm just i'm really pumped this is the first time we're doing it like this and i just i remember buying a, a prs guitar my first PRS guitar when I was in college, I saved up all my money for the entire summer working in the faculty computer lab and uh, solving. <laughs> this was back when like there were there were migration issues between like iCal on your Mac and your iPhone had a different <laughs> iCal, and there would be all these massive problems. And these teachers would come in not knowing what the hell is going on. And be like, fix it! I got all my lesson appointments, and these are like <laughs> these are like legendary guitar players and bass players and drummers who would just come in, and I would be the one who's like the man, you know. So <laughs> it was a weird role reversal working in that job. Um, like Joe Stump would come in, and he'd be like, "Yo, man, uh, I can't uh, I can't sync up my contacts. I got a new phone and." <laughs> I got like my contacts from 2003 in here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you can sweet pick really fast. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, like uh, anyway, the story goes, I, I worked that job and saved up as much money as I could. And I saw my green PRS guitar that I play now. And uh, is kind of like part of my brand, I think. And, uh, Wait, that, that was that was like a, a first PRS that you bought, right? Yeah. So it, I I didn't really again I wasn't really a gearhead. I just I liked uh, the way it felt. I picked it up. I mean, I had played PRS guitars once or twice before, but like that was the first one that I bought with my own money. And uh, so anyway, the guitar that I like worshipped and basically learned to be a good guitar player on now i'm working with the dude who built it which i never really thought would happen and that was only like you know 10 years ago well yeah like that. that's let's uh let's let's talk about that for a bit i want to talk all about the green prs and just the fact that you didn't buy an se as your first guitar you went straight in but let's talk a bit about your relationship with paul reed smith because you've done you know, you've done countless videos with him now, and you're so kind of embedded as part of the PRS brand. You know, how did how did that happen? Uh, well, I guess it it's kind of goes back to the the way I kind of think about everything from a business perspective. Like, I partially started my channel 
with the thought that I would be the only guy with a green PRS. <laughs> and I, nice. so I like really tried to focus on the cinematic aspect of having sexy looking guitar shots in my in my videos and the way I would present these things would be kind of more like watching a movie and the PRS I just feel like everyone was always Fender or Gibson you know and when I look on YouTube or just a, a, a guitar that isn't necessarily memorable so that factored in a lot and as a result you know that paired with the fact that I really am just comfortable on PRS necks I think guitar players aren't really guitar players they're guitar neck players so i think that how the neck feels in your hand is really what allows you to distinguish yourself on one instrument to the next and what you know gives you your proclivities towards certain instruments so, and i think uh you know i just got fanboyed into the brand and i reached out to them as soon as i had any sort of notoriety which was like way too soon obviously like you think 10,000 subscribers is well i have 10,000 subscribers and uh i think it's time for you and i to sit down and have the artist conversation um but yeah i mean i just reached out to them and people don't know but prs isn't like a huge corporation they're just a small company um of a few hundred employees and uh, I mean, I might, I might actually be wrong on that, but they're not big compared to the other guitar brands. Uh, at least the employees that I know, there's like a handful. There's like a dozen of people who are like are in the highest echelon who make the decisions. And it's really kind of more family style, right? Uh, which is cool. And I think that's why they were receptive to the whole social media thing earlier than later. Like I got in touch with them first in 2016. Right. And I, I did a clinic at this place called Island music in Maryland, which is where PRS is based. Um, and it sort of grew from there. They sent me a PR like an S two. I don't think S I don't think S E's were out yet, but they sent me an S two to do the clinic and that in itself was like, whoa, you're giving me a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they've just always been really, really supportive and and open-minded, which is, I think, really hard. You know, now companies get social media, but back back in 2016, it was still like, get out of here. You just, like, put your iPhone up and record yeah. stuff in your bedroom you're you know? right it was definitely only the progressive companies that were really sort of you know uh, understanding the importance of social media back then um, yeah so it was serendipitous in that way yeah great that prs were like that and of course you know paul him, himself obviously was so receptive because you know, as i say you you've managed to you've done a number of videos with him now and certainly he's he's made himself quite um you know quite prominent on social media whenever he kind of can be as as a real figurehead for the company which isn't often something you see from sort of a large brand someone right at the top you know being in the in in the limelight in a really positive way whenever possible yeah it's hard to imagine someone like him being just like kind of my my pal now because (laughs) he sort of is like the the living leo fender and in my (laughs) the way i consider him and you know, when you talk guitar with him, you kind of forget who you're talking to sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like having it because I'd have to talk to him a lot 
not have to, I, I get to talk to him a lot, uh, for the camp and, you know, just off the cuff stuff. And then I kind of forget talking to Paul about this, that, and the other thing. And we start talking about pickups and all of a sudden I'm getting an education. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a really, really nice person, really humble. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So when is the, is the, the PRS Tyler Larson, um, you know, is is there a PRS Tyler Larson that we can? You know, <laughs> uh, well, you know, man, I if you, if there is, you're gonna get a lot of cryptic, <laughs> uh, cryptic posts on social media several months beforehand. Right. Okay. Right. I, I <laughs> but I'll I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you I am an artist. That's that's a newer development. I'm on oh, their that's... artist roster. Right. So cool. uh, I think I, maybe I'm making the the stepping stones up to be <laughs> hanging out with John Mayer and Carlos Santana. <laughs> That's what you want. So let's talk about your green PRS. What exactly is it? It's an SC245, and I believe it was built in 2007, 2007, 2008. But it, I believe it was pre-Gibson lawsuit uh and which you know i don't know if anyone knows about that yeah but, P, but you know but P, prs educate one the listeners yeah P, so gibson sued prs i don't even actually know the details so i could be wrong but i to, as far as i remember prs was sued by gibson because the sc245 was too similar to the les paul and that's all i can remember all i know the outcome is prs won the lawsuit in that they weren't copying gibson so that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this guitar is of that era, and now they make single cuts just like it. Uh, the SC, the SE, they make an SE two forty five too now, um, and I have a cut. I have another single cut too. It's a McCarty five nine four single oh, wow. cut semi hollow. But anyway, yeah, that guitar has had um, Gorilla Glue whipped on it by a fidget spinner um <laughs> I, <laughs> back in the uh, back in the uh, the once a day upload days matt that you brought up uh i was out of video ideas and this is right when fidget spinners started to become popular and so i glued i super glued guitar picks to a fidget spinner and i sp- i spun it and i just played stupid stuff for like three minutes and it sprayed glue all over my guitar, and I eventually got <laughs> Philip McKnight to uh, to re re up the guitar, kind of give it a once over. He calls it sharpen my axe. I got him to basically bring it back from the dead. He got the gorilla glue off and uh, replaced some some other parts of the guitar. But uh, yeah, another weird thing like that video got like five million views. And I made it in t- like twelve minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and so it had like a war a war scar that the gorilla glue and um I don't know the the neck just fits in my hand it's it it just comes back to the neck for me yeah I see yeah, yeah. And when when you actually bought it then was that the sort of was it was it try a bunch and then that was the one that just worked or was that yeah. the first the first one yeah that was it. Um, I have a sort of an incriminating story I can tell uh, that happened to me in high in uh, in college. 
but, incriminate away. Yeah, okay, so I was short on cash because I was a college kid, right? Oh, wait, okay, where is this going? <laughs> no, <laughs> what is this podcast rated? No, uh, I, I'll keep it PG-13. Um, the uh, So basically, I was going to meet some friends, and I went, and uh, it was pretty late at night, and... I was hanging out at my friend's house and we left to go to somebody else's house and then everyone else left. So it's like two in the morning right now. And I come back to my car and I realize my keys are locked in my car. And this is before iPhones. And I'm like, what am I going to do? But I did have, I think smartphones were just becoming things. So I had a flip phone it was a smartphone. So I found the number of a locksmith on this like super slow internet. And the guy came out to open my car and he said, I can get it open, but blah, 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 blah. Going to need a down payment of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, I'll just use this credit card that I have no idea what the limit is. And so he gets the car open with this definitely not by the by code method of like, using some sort of balloon to creak open the door, like kind of wedge it open. And he used a a plier thing to reach down like a clothes hanger, open the car. And so I'm good to go. I got the car open and he's like, all right, that's gonna be $400. And I'm like, okay, I got a credit card here. Can we just like, do you have some way you can take this? He's like, no, no, it's gotta be cash. And I'm like, oh, and this is huge dude and it's two in the morning and he's asked for cash and i'm like oh no so he's like you gotta give me something man i need collateral and you better give me your phone number and i'm like i don't have collateral i have these microphone stands they're worth like um eighty dollars each and he believed that these microphone stands in my car were worth uh, there was a lot of them to be fair <laughs> like i was keeping my band's gear for uh for like our band practices, like we kept all the gear in my car. I was the only one in the car with a car because we were living in Boston. And so I gave away all my bands, microphone stands, the PA gear, all this stuff. This dude just took in his white van and I went home kind of deflated. <laughs> and I told my band, I was like, I got to get $400 somehow and the credit card won't work and I could have maybe asked my parents but I didn't want to do that so what I did was I sold my guitar at the time which was a Fender Thin Line uh semi hollow made in Mexico so I think I think I sold it for like $600 on eBay and this was and I was going to borrow my friend's guitar until I could get a new guitar oh my god this and, is awful yeah so and this is in Berkeley. Like, I need a guitar, you know? <laughs> so so I, I I sell the guitar on eBay, and the I did not do a good job packing it. I'll just I'll just kind of do a little foreshadowing there. Oh. So I I ship the guitar off, the money gets into my account, I get the money to pay the locksmith, I get all our gear back, and I have an extra hundred bucks, so I go buy some beer and, and other fun stuff. So I, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, it's going to be okay. It sucks that I lost my guitar, but I'll save up more and work. And that was just a terrible experience. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So... A few days later, I get a message from the person who bought the guitar, and he's like, and the message is like, this neck is cracked in half. I want my money back, man. What did, who packed this, an idiot? <laughs> and, so, oh, no. and so what happened was, back then, eBay had a policy where if you didn't contact the seller within three days of receiving your item, the warranty protection was off like anything that happened after that was on you yeah so basically the guitar sat on his porch for four days luckily he was like luckily for me he was out of town or something and didn't open the guitar until after that window and so basically he got totally screwed and i have no way to ever know who he is but i'm sorry person (laughs) i i did not give him his money back because i had no money to give him and if i could i would give it back to him now I've actually gone back in my eBay history, and his username is no longer active. So oh. I've even I've even tried You've to even make tried. things right uh, ten years later. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my that's my story. So I eventually had to earn money, and I just kept earning money, and I bought that PRS that we were talking about. Oh, and that that is a harrowing story. Yeah, it's a strange tale. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. So so since then, since then, you've successfully, obviously, expanded your uh, your guitar collection quite substantially. Um, I'd love to hear about you know what your what your favorite bits are in your in your current guitar collection now that you're you know a full gearhead and able mm-hmm. to sort of. Uh, collect the guitars that you actually want rather than you know having to sell them to sort of dodgy muscly um, (laughs) i hope i never have to well i i don't know about you guys i will never sell any gear so i i only accumulate at this point yeah i've I've got a bad habit of that as well (laughs) i i just am i'm a fiend like maybe eventually i'll i'll trade stuff but like 
I don't know. I have a weird thing now where I, I'll never... Maybe it was because of what happened to me. I'll, I'll just never sell stuff. The problem with selling stuff is every time you sell something, even if you're buying something else that you really like, you will eventually regret selling that thing. At some yeah. point, your tastes will, you can never will get do it back. full circle. No. And Matt, you should know that. I know. I've done it many times and regretted it many times. Especially yeah. with that um, Esquire, you know. Yeah, you, I can't handle the regret. I can't. Yeah, I can't put it. myself in that position. But I would say... My favorite guitars. I mean, to to go outside the PR like the PR. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's I hear have. about the other things because you know exciting things that I've seen. You've got like a I don't know if it's yours or if it was borrowed or anything, but the the one that that excited me was that sparkly sort of sparkly pink, almost sparkly burgundy mist strap. Oh yeah, that is a 10s guitar. Do right. You know, so they. I don't I, know. I, Tell me about them. I feel like they. They're, uh, I believe they're, I don't know, I don't want to say what country, they're somewhere overseas, but um, they reach out to me, they're another example of companies kind of getting it, so it's a relatively inexpensive guitar, I think, I would say like $500, but they reached out to me and they're like, hey, we have these really great quality parts, like it's a roasted maple neck, and the pickups are actually unbelievably good sounding. Um, but the guitar itself is inexpensive, so I would encourage people to check out 10S if they're looking for a really good quality guitar. And they make all different sorts, like Strat style, Gibson style, um, or I should oh. say Les Paul style. Um, but they they really just kind of are bootstrapped uh, and and trying to make a name for making quality instruments. They make a 14 string as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They're, so they're a Beijing uh, sort of custom shop. So we're, right. seeing, we're, see, we're seeing great stuff come out of Beijing at the moment. Like, obviously, they, well, for, for, for guitar nerds, for us here, we're, like, we're big fans of Eastman. You know, they're a, a fantastic, wonderful Beijing custom shop. But, um, yeah, this stuff all looks fantastic, Tyler. This is, these are some cool guitars. Yeah, it's, it's really good, and they're really, um, really enthusiastic about about building anything you wanted. Um, so I was, I've always been, you know, I'm really lucky that I get to, to do stuff like that. Like another, another really cool one, um, that I like is my Gibson 335. And I got that guitar when I went to the Gibson factory in Nashville and it was during, you got it from Nashville, but it's a 335, aren't they Memphis? Yeah, I I guess I guess maybe they they shipped it there. I don't know if it came from the factory, but the reason I got it is because I went to the Nashville factory and and played guitar. So I set up an amp and I and I got a Firebird and uh, my pedal board and I cranked the amp up and just shredded as hard as I could <laughs> for like ten minutes. And it, this is while production was going. Like in the background, there's all these people <laughs> building guitars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh in the in the conveyor belts are going and everything and um if people want to look up that it's it's called shredding in the Gibson factory or something along those lines but they uh they awarded me the blueberry burst uh for my efforts and wow. so I, I really like guitars that are tied to experiences um like for for I'm just look I'm looking at my at my wall right now like the uh the blue S2, the PRS S2, it's a custom 24 that was 
kind of you know my initiation if you will into the into being accepted as you know a content creator um <laughs> the let's see what else is up there there's a jp15 seven string up there oh, yeah. uh i got that from you, what's you, that you, yeah, I was going to say you you do quite a lot of stuff with Music Man as well. They're a, a, a company that that you seem to, uh, you know, be quite involved with, and they're a company that we love as well. We love every everything that they do. Yeah, they're super nice. They're like Robert is one of my favorite people to deal with. Um, he's just like, hey, need this thing, and I'm like, I need this thing and this thing. I can make this, and he's <laughs> like, all right, cool. Well, uh, here's the shipping number, and I'm like, yeah. But I, the th- I think the key with that is to not ask too much like all the time um but anyway the the jp15 is just a glorious amazing instrument i i really like ernie ball because you know obviously the artists on their roster like john petrucci is mm. one of my favorite guitar players and their guitars must be good if he plays them right yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that what the the old artist endorsement thing means <laughs> exactly um, that i am a much bigger fan of the jp than i am the majesty however um, me too yeah. I, I have to say like having played a majesty i was like oh oh this oh it's it's fantastic i think i just don't like the look of it but having played one i was like oh this well this is incredible and we had one for for a while and it was very very even mark packham who uh tied with one of our other hosts is the most traditionally minded les paul juniors only fella even he liked the sort of bright purple majesty that we had it certainly is a wonderful player but the jp is just very timeless and i like that it's like it's very modern come retro like it, it does both uh you know both things very well mm-hmm. yeah and the, the another sentimental one last one i'll mention is my uh fender strat uh it's a texas special uh or it's, it has texas special pickups and it's just a natural finish and it's got the big old 70s fat head stock and uh yeah i'm a strat guy i'm not sure. like you know it's telly guy versus strat guy i'm a strat uh preferential treatment giver <laughs> <laughs> do you actually own any tellies then or do you uh you i like? do i have one that is a paoletti which is an italian uh guitar builder and that guitar is made out of 400 year old wine barrels Oh wow! So that that's, sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's delightful, and uh, I think the, I think the Music Man, the James Valentine, is based on a telly. I could be wrong, but it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, half well, a telly, half a three three five. Yeah, so that one kind of plays like a telly for me. Yeah, doesn't sound like one, but uh, yeah, I, I'm into the tellies too. But I, for some reason, I feel more at home on a strat style than a telly sure. style sure yes yeah well yeah we, we we all all the guitar notes hosts recently went through a bit of a strat um stage didn't we sort of i think i started it matt but yeah you know, i mean uh, I've, I've had mine for ages but i i mean i've been in love with the my my james valentine since since i got it it's to me it's the you know the highlight i wouldn't yeah. say the highlight of collection in terms of like cool factor maybe mm. um but just in terms of playability let's that's the one i always go to 
Well, do you guys have any vintage guitars? Oh, uh, I I have I have quite a few, but only because I also run like well, it depends what you class as vintage. I also own a, like a vintage Japanese guitar shop, so I have lots of like seventies and eighties Japanese lawsuit era guitars. Oh, that's in sick. in this room with me. I'm still if I podcast like surrounded by maybe forty <laughs> guitars at any given time, which is which is lovely. But uh but yeah, the uh, I, I recently I, I used to have four strats and, and I sold them all uh, uh, last year and I'm still reeling from from doing that. I think it was a terrible thing to do and I've only got I've got one fifties reissue Japanese strat um left that's that's for sale obviously i'm and you know i hope it doesn't sell look just stop selling guitars i don't know i, I can't make it any clearer you're gonna hurt yourself <laughs> and it's not worth it yeah of course and matt you have what is your what year is your strat 80 88 88 a paisley a yeah, lovely paisley japan paisley i love that thing but it was pink so for me it was just like well it's pink so it's good enough for me um you know, but you like the pink. Oh, yeah, that's we, we love the pink. That's the official color of guitar nets. I think I've seen some. I think I've seen. Mm, I've seen yeah. that. I've been tracking that. Yeah, yeah. I, so my d- next goal is to do a. Uh, is to go. I want to contact one of the stores here in Nashville. Maybe Rumble Seat Music or Carter Vintage, and I want to document the process of buying my first vintage guitar. I was about to ask. So you don't own any vintage guitars, Tyler. No, but I'm I'm finally Whoa. to a point where I can justify getting a rather uh, good one. Oh, I'm excited. Can... Oh, no, you're going to get a good one, mate. I, I'm telling you. That <laughs> well, what thing... I mean is expensive. I, I can finally justify the expense of, of getting one that's worth paying for. The thing with vintage guitars is that the, 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 the busted ones, the, the cheap ones, the ones that have not, the ones that have been gigged and played and... Have got all the all the knocks and scars and damage and twisted neck and dodgy microphonic pickups. Those are the ones you want. That's that's where I'm at. I'm Is like, that right? Okay. Well, that's all I care about are like bad vintage guitars, like cheap vintage guitars. So you know, I'm, I'm saying those ones. You you'd be surprised how how much you you don't have to play well if you're playing a beat up old guitar <laughs> because it's like it's all about the tone it's all about the fact that the incredibly biting treble response on an old 60s harmony like everyone's all about oh the tone's lovely and the fact that you're playing it sloppily just goes out the window no one minds that you're playing it sloppily because that's an old 60s harmony try and do that on a 60s strat you're expected to be perfect, you know. I'm just <laughs> okay. This is important wisdom yeah, that I didn't yeah. know I needed. And uh, you're you're probably in like one of the best places in America for like vintage guitars, right? Like I could in be in the best place on earth. I don't you're, know. Yeah, absolutely, almost definitely in the best place on earth. I mean, Carter's is amazing. I think uh, is it Groon Guitars is there as well? Isn't yeah. he like he's got like a crazy collection and. I mean, last time I went to Carter's, it was just like, wow, it's a bit of everything here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think I'll either go there or Rumble Seat Music, which is sort of a hidden gem. It looks like a gas station when you pull up outside it, but then you walk <laughs> in and it blooms into this glorious, uh, amazing den of, of vintage goodness. Wow. I think um, the one thing I always, I think we we don't really have it in the UK and it's something that I always, every time I go to America, I'm like, oh, we need to go to one. It's like pawn shops. 
because we don't really have that in the UK. Not at the same way that you kind of have thrift stores and stuff. We've like got that. cash converters, Matt. We've got cash converters, which is generally <laughs> yeah. terrible. Cash for gold. Cash for gold. Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> cash converters is like a poor thrift store <laughs> in the sense that everything is just like. It, it, it's kind of where like uh, golf clubs and uh, bad bad PS2s. PA systems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh it's, yeah. It's not PV. Kind of like... PV is the only brand that you'll see in those ones. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget about Yamaha. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Nashville is kind of. I mean, yeah, and and obviously the musicians. That I mean, you know, I'm sure being a Nashville local, you don't really spend all of your time. Uh, on the strip uh most people i've met from nashville are like i never go i never go there but uh as a tourist um just some of the level of of musicianship in that whole city is just unreal yeah i mean i don't really go that much but i do go to the the kind of i have a couple spots because the thing about the strip is it's all rooftop bars so you don't necessarily have to be in the country pits of the honky tonks to have a good time on the strip like you can go up on the rooftops and if it's a beautiful night uh you know you're looking out at the river and having a drink on a rooftop so it's just a it's a really good place to bring people who come visit you so i'm glad for that option and then obviously we have our own neighborhoods that we like to go to as well yeah yeah but now, I, I, you know, I want, I want to talk outside of guitars. Um, sure. I'd, I'd love to talk about, um, you know, uh, I guess amplification as well uh, for you and what you use, I guess, you know, because, of course, you also, you know, perform music yourself. So so there's got to be like a live setup, a setup for, um, for home recording. And then whether or not when you're trying stuff out yourself at home, you have a, a different setup for that. As, as well as, you know, creating YouTube videos. Yeah, it sort of depends on what style the content calls for. Uh, if I'm going for speed, then the plug-in amplification that I go to is Universal Audio. Um, so I have, a, I have a really good relationship with those guys, and I pretty much exclusively use their plugins. Not because I have to, but it, it just sounds so good. Like the Diesel VH4 plug-in right. for for heavy stuff and, and a clean pedal platform is probably my go-to. And then uh, I use the Aux for any attenuation or cab simulation that I would like to do. And then as far as live, live, um, I will use my PRS Custom 50, which is... I don't believe they make that one anymore, but it's sort of akin to like a less bassy J mod. Right. Um, with a little bit bitier gain sound. Um, I also love the Victory Copper Sound Deluxe, Copper Deluxe. Um, oh, yeah. Lovely. I just got that one in the studio recently, and it's awesome. It's got a really amazing spring reverb and just a nice, creamy gain channel. Uh, yeah, they're great. Matt, did you have one of those for a bit? No, um, I, I've uh, the the Victory amps. I I don't actually own them. We've got them in the office that we've used with um, bits of kit. But we've got a V thirty, which is, is oh, great, and the, and the BD one, right. which is their little thirty watt, just three controlled amp, which is uh, 
which is wicked. But actually, I think the uh, the coppice they're like AC thirty one, which uh, is definitely the one that interests me. That that looks cool. That yeah, it it is. Now you say that, it, I guess it is kind of like that. I I think it's a little bit more. Uh, something about the AC thirty is a little difficult for me to play. If that makes sense, like there's something about the the tone of it that doesn't really mesh with my style and i feel like the copper has a sort of rounder top end than an ac30 it's not quite as boxy if i know what you mean yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah there's definitely uh an ac30 definitely has um i think i guess if you were you're playing you know prs amps before then and and i guess sort of more modern amplifiers there is something quite um something very mid-pushed honky and and brash about about vox ac30s which i absolutely love but i think it it takes kind of growing up with that amplifier to know how to harness it rather than just sort of plugging straight into it i don't think it's a great flat amplifier you know like like a lot of the you know the other things will be and and the cop is probably an excellent modern iteration of that that kind of smooths out some of those rough edges and it probably has the prettiest logo. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got those nice those leaves or whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the so so you you predominantly play PRS amps uh as as well uh, as PRS guitars. Um do you, have, have you had to, do you, do you get many sort of PRS amps to try out like for example um the the sonzera was the the one for me that really stood out for prs as being like for me that was the first time i was like oh this is a a, a literally fantastic amplifier yeah i have one sitting next to me right now oh right actually uh i i i use that pretty much exclusively for clinics um because it's just such a neutral pedal platform and it sounds awesome if my pedal board explodes (laughs) so it's kind of it's got it's got a great i kind of judge amps based on their uh their gain stage like how the gain changes as you turn it up because a clean a clean sound is a clean sound i think amps can most amps can do really good clean sounds i don't think anyone's like well this i'd use this amp for the clean sound unless it's like a fender or something but most amps in this kind of modern conversation I think do clean well, but it's when you get to that dirty channel that I think the amps can separate themselves. And I think the Sanzera is really good for that. Like if you wanted to go use the the amp distortion and just have a boost in the effects chain or something like that, it would be perfectly viable to, to use it that way. Um, but again, I think the, the neutral pedal platform element, I, I always look for that in amps too. Because it's different when you plug it, plug your pedal board into, for example, like we're talking about an AC30. If you plug it into that versus like a Fender Princeton versus a Sanzera, there's three different sounds. And I feel like the PRS gives me the sound of the pedals that I am used to in the clinic environment where I need to be comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great amp. Yeah, that makes sense. If if anything, like a um, PRS amplifiers are almost something we... uh, we don't talk about enough on uh, the Katana's uh, podcast because they, you know, they have always sounded absolutely fantastic um, and have been something that, you know, I think we all really liked when we were when we were all in guitar shops. I mean, if, if I could have one, 
I'd still have the J mod. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, no, just enough. I mean, it's like. Just... Have you played a J mod a lot? I, I have not. Uh, I have not been. Uh, unfortunately, um, the the J the last one to come out was not long after I started working at Boss. I'd finished working in in stores, but um, yeah, I I just think it's. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest john mayer fan but i you know i do really appreciate wait is the j modded john mayer thing yeah it's like right that's why i don't know it then it's his uh kind of signature i think it came out the similar time as the modern eagle um (laughs) (laughs) and you have uh, to say backslash s joe (laughs) 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 but uh i think it's just like it's just like the pinnacle, right? I mean, that that was like seven grand, I think, or something, you know, $7,000 or something crazy. So you just want the J-Mod so you can sell it and buy more stuff because you sell everything. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> no, this is definitely something that would um, 100% like probably never lose its value. But uh, I'm all about single channel, super clean, and then uh, you just let the pedal board do the work. Mask your Mask my average playing with... Many, many a boss pedal. Well, let's talk about the that. Talent simulators. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about pedal boards then. If you need such a clean pedal platform, Tyler, then your pedal board must be very important. Yeah, I have spent the quarantine building and ripping apart and building and ripping apart pedal boards um, because I've never really been forced to uh, have a pedal board that. I don't know. I, I'm just making a concerted effort to blend the analog and digital world. Like, I don't want to make YouTube videos for the rest of my life. So, yeah, uh, but that's, that's definitely of- that's definitely a thing for anyone who's doing the the sort of things that we're all doing. Like, uh, I know Matt. Obviously, you have a committed pedal board, but certainly for guitar, I never bother because it's going to change from week to week depending on what we're talking about or what we've got coming through so yeah yeah so i'm basically i i i'm still the same way as you like i'm gonna have a pedal board that's always changing that i'm using for different videos and different contexts but this is the pedal board that it took me these last five months and i made a concerted effort to actually come up with a pedal board that i can pick up and go to any any gig and have my sound so i can uh, i'm looking at it right now i can give you the rundown and then you guys can comment on what you would be interested in hearing more about if you want we'll, we'll swipe left or right for each one okay yeah? <laughs> guitar pedal tinder let's go we got a uh we got the polytune uh swipe i don't i'm not on twitter so which no, which way no, do you I swipe for now i have no idea <laughs> so which so it's the polytune it's very good is it the mini or just the standard it's the mini three so it has oh, the, the buffer three. oh very and nice true bypass okay that's good um and then what goes into the empress effects compressor and that goes into the source yes. audio spectrum wait and... what's the spectrum what's oh, that what's the spectrum that's the wait. filter right is it yes that's the filter ah and uh after that we go into the pigtronics octava nice and after that we go into the strymon riverside oh really that's your that's your main drive choice the the riverside uh yep wow it is and then after that go into the empress effects heavy and after that we go into the Sabadius funky vibe. Oh, I don't know this. Matt, do you know that? I do not. No. 
I stumped the I stumped <laughs> the pedal nerds, the guitar nerds. I think uh, you just made uh, it like, up. It's not. It's probably not. It's not it's real. Yeah. Not yeah. Real. <laughs> I went into the the the, the table d- glass uh, um, speaker well, look, tube. All right, I'll tell you about that one. Let me finish. I got mm-hmm. two left. Uh, uh, it goes into the JHS Lucky Cat delay, and into the Walrus Effects Fat uh, Walrus Audio Effects uh, Fathom Reverb. Oh, very nice. nice. I also have a Boss uh, RC1 loop ah. station. So, uh, and that's like the clinic board. That's right. That's my thing for. That's what you're going to be using in uh, in as as Tyler. You didn't point it out to me, but Maryland, as I'm supposed to be saying, I said Maryland. In, no, uh, I loved the way you said it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna make you re-record it. You were like Maryland. <laughs> it's been it's been brought up by all our American listeners. Well, here's the, the thing: uh, I think it made it more pronounced and like and made it stick in people's heads. So I thought it was brilliant. Right, wonderful, wonderful. Well, there you go, listeners. It was Tyler's fault because he didn't tell me. But yes, it has certainly been brought up. It is everyone's commenting on it on the on the group. The fact that I uh, yeah, you uh, said Maryland. It's Maryland. Whatever. It's you know we say different words different ways sometimes there you go but uh anyway the sabadeus funky yeah. vibe yeah is uh it was built by a person who i reached out to because i saw a demo of it by rj ronquilio i don't know if you know who he is yeah um, he's he's a nashville yeah he's in nashville right? also i saw it on his instagram and i was like yo i need i need that so uh as it is, you know, with this YouTube thing, the, some of the perks are, hey, can I have this pedal? I'll I'll use it. <laughs> and then the guy was like, all right, well, they're all handmade. It'll take six weeks. And I was like, great. But basically what it does is it imbues you with the power of Jimi Hendrix. I understand, <laughs> and, uh, yes. So it's not a bad not a bad pedal it's sort of like the machine gun sound oh i see or like the uh a a dialed back version of the national anthem so it has a core uh chorus and a vibrato switch and it's um it's just that late 60s vibe sound yeah and it's just so so good and uh it takes up a lot of real estate on the pedal board it's like two pedals worth so it's definitely like you can tell my obsession with it to have it on I, I, a um, clinic board. I, I honestly find Univibe the hardest one, the hardest one to get right. Um, but when you dial it in, it is possibly the best, one of the best sounding modulations out there. Exactly. Yeah, it's just one. Like I put the compressor on and I, I put it on, and it's just the sound. And then I'll I'll p- pump on the Strymon on a low gain with the mid push, the gains at about nine or uh, yeah, nine o'clock. And it just is like that thing where you can just play it for hours and hours and just play the same licks too over and over. And it's just like, yes, I am <laughs> Hendrix. Yes. <laughs> and it's just so much fun. I, I think everyone should have a pedal on their board that when you turn it on, non guitar players smile. <laughs> and that one when you turn it on like people are just like "Ooh, is that hendrix oh <laughs> that guy's hendrix up there nice nice Jeez, that makes sense not makes ring sense. modulator then yeah just- well also the uh the spectrum does that too um i'm not like a huge fan of 
of auto wah or filter, but this one just has like a, a chewy organic uh, setting that I've dialed in. And it's like, it's another one. Like, you know, when you hear, when you hear a guitar player giving a clinic, they're just playing like nasty blues licks and just like nice creamy tones, but not often do you get clinicians who use effects that are sure, noticeable yeah. to well, the audience. And modulation I think that's an, is just never there. Yeah. I think it's an important thing to, to bring to the, to the table. Um, so there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's definitely an odd, uh, an unusual modulation choice. You know, I, I would have expected, you know, Univive and a filter being sort of your, um, your modulation go-tos, you know, I would have expected, you know, for, for a clinic pedal board, I guess, maybe a straight chorus and a straight phaser as, as a maximum for sort of right. modulation. So that's a, a really interesting choice. Yeah, yeah I, I I went way beyond the the status quo and <laughs> kind of planned little segments around using them too, and I'm taking it pretty seriously. I want to. I I really like teaching and yeah, uh, you know, clinics just like especially even if there's only a few people in the room, which there's going to be this time, <laughs> and they're all better at guitar <laughs> than me. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to like see somebody smile when you say something cool. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. like that. And yeah, for um. Sure. So spending that sort of time in the the PRS factory, then you haven't you haven't decided to go down the route of uh, of private stock just uh, just yet, then. Well, let's just say between you and me and all the thousands and millions of people listening to this, um, I am going down that hole. Oh, hey. oh. <laughs> I don't know how deep it goes, but we'll find out. <laughs> I think is it one of those ones where you just sort of like. You, you, you'll tour the factory and uh, and you know you come to the wood library and you oh just take that and you, and you spec it out and then you're like oh great and then you sort of forget to ask about the price and then deliver it and they're like you just sort of see a row of zeros and you're like, yeah oh. yeah <laughs> they should have uh, stopped me <laughs> I may I may I, the, yeah the zeros definitely are are an inhibiting factor for for people <laughs> but. Uh, this event has yielded a couple zeros for all parties involved, thanks to all the lovely registrants. So we'll see if uh, I, I honestly I care about guitars way more than money or like pretty much anything other than my wife. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm getting a dog soon, so maybe the dog <gasps> will move up to number two. Oh, that's yeah, it definitely will. Oh, I'm um, excited for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. It's a. It's a big step for us, but uh yeah anyway there's there's gonna be plenty of dog guitar pictures to come so check out my instagram maybe (laughs) (laughs) well there we go well that um that that pretty much brings us up to time for this week's episode of the friday special um so it's been absolutely wonderful having you on tyler um thank you for taking the the time to chat with us oh i'm glad to talk to you guys it's been a blast it feel, feels like we're we're hanging out together we just yes. need to you know we need to somehow find a way to sip a virtual beer together and that's uh, that's exactly what we need to do <laughs> well you can of course catch more guitar nerds over on patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds or join us on any of the major social platforms with that guitar nerds and you know obviously you know who tyler is but get involved with music is win on youtube or any of his social platforms including musiciswin.com where you can sign up for 10 bucks a month 
um, to his incredible guitar super system. You can learn how to unlock your hidden talent. And you can, uh, <laughs> well, and, and we'll be back uh, next week with our regular episode on Wednesday and another Friday special on Friday. We'll catch you then for more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. <laughs>